0: What's up guys? Welcome back to Square Zeros. Today we're talking with Joey Farber. He's a Brooklyn guitarist and singer. This is I Seen Her Dance by The Genies, one of his bands.
1: Playing. No, just kidding. I, I, I play in the Genies and the Greasy Hearts, and I live in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Word, why don't you uh, describe to us
0: a little bit how you would uh, maybe define? I know the Genies is a little bit more maybe your project, and then Greasy Hearts are some guys who brought you in. Uh, maybe you define each of those bands. Tell us what they sound like.
1: Uh, well, Genies is very um, like a throwback, like late 70s power pop influenced project. Um, like, romantic rock and roll type thing. Yeah, and, cool. uh, the Greasy Hearts is very much, uh, like straight up, uh, raw garage rock and roll, like very influenced by the Rolling Stones and, uh, you know, like, like the mid sixties garage explosion and that stuff. So, yeah.
0: Well, let me ask you too, man, let's, let's make this explicit. So, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Derek and I have been, have been playing rock and roll for a long time Reach. each- you know like half of our lifetimes we've been playing rock and roll and stuff and i'm sure you've been playing music for a long time too but i feel like you're one of uh one of uh like brooklyn's like younger rock luminaries you're in your early 20s uh how did you come by these early influences like how did you come into this like doo-wop power pop like stones kind of stuff like was that always there for you like were your parents into it or did you just make this big odyssey to research all this stuff
1: um well well power pop was my own thing but like basically music in general came from my parents and my dad was a is a big like doo-wop record collector he was from the bronx and he just loved like all the the vocal groups from the late 50s and early 60s and um like that stuff had like a huge influence on me and like my parents were just really into like soul like temptations and like Otis Redding, Aretha Franklin, that kind of stuff. And uh there's just always music around the house. And uh I I learned guitar from my dad and everything, so your dad was a guitar player? Yeah, he, he still is. He plays all the time. Um and he he taught me guitar. The first song I learned from him was Shout by the Isley Brothers, which is just two chords. It's just E minor and G. And uh How many more do you need, man? <laughs> not many more maybe like one or two more that's about it was playing yeah yeah
0: uh, what kind of guitar uh do you have and what kind of guitar did your dad play
1: and was there some sort of translation there ah uh, well we both love strats and i just i just love the feel of a strat like at maybe like aesthetically they're not the most exciting to look at because they're so like generic at this point but i just Love the way right. they feel. It just feels so right. Yeah, I, I, I just need to play a strat. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you, you want know to ask what
0: is it like playing uh, a strat? Playing like really rootsy rock and roll on a strat in a town that loves its like kind of shimmery jagmaster reverb man. like '90s throwback shoegaze uh, stuff that's way Foster more is. washed out and nowhere near as like as precise as some of the rock and roll that you play in
1: Greasy Hearts and Genies? Well, I don't, I don't really care about what other people are playing. Like (laughs) I just like to play what I like to play. And, um, yeah, like I don't really, I never really paid much attention to any scene outside of the music. I just really like, like even, even modern bands, I'll cherry pick the ones I like and, yeah and i just like to play what i like to play that's that's pretty much it well it sounds yeah. like you
0: have your roots a little bit deeper in, in in music you know like i that's something i i find i have a, a problem with a lot of times is you know i'm like man the last three records i bought were from bands that started in the 80s you know or something like that and i always feel like a really shitty music listener as a result you know like i'm not <laughs> listening to modern stuff but sometimes when you've got that sort of like that sort of basis in something else you know the newer stuff doesn't doesn't hit you as strong or the stuff that does hit you that you so as you say cherry pick is like rooted in that
1: yeah exactly yeah like what I was talking to my one of my friends about like the best albums recent like of the past you know 20 years or something and I was mentioning like re- Raining Sound and uh, the Resonars and like uh, these type of bands and he was like so you're saying the best bands of the past 20 years were bands that sound like they were from like 50 years ago and I was like well, I mean, that's what I like, so <laughs> like, why not? Yeah. Well, let's let's
0: let's take this as a chance to just delve right into the music, then. Like, okay. what are what are these sort of uh, You've got a few songs for us today from different projects. What are the sort of uh, like the cycles that you've made through this music? What was it? What was your earliest stuff that you recorded um, that you have
1: for us, and where would you say that comes from? Uh, well, yeah, this first one, I guess, is uh, off my first solo ep thing release um and it's very much influenced by uh like uh wop, real building pop like roy orbison um oh, yeah so this is called everybody's been in love but me um it's kind of just like uh one of my first pop songs and it's uh you know it, yeah that's pretty much
0: it is <laughs> in that kind of orbison thing yeah I think.
1: and uh well the interesting thing about it actually is like the Enthusiasts, which was like a purely blues rock trio, um, like when I started writing these songs, like I was still in an the Enthusiasts and we didn't know what to do with these songs. So there was actually one show where I played, where we we played this song for uh, at the local two six nine of all places, all old punk venue that closed down, and um, yeah, it's just weird that the fact that we played it because it's so not blues rock, but yeah, here it is.
2: I've had so many girls now It's always the same There's been so many nights For which I'm ashamed But for all of the things I've done There's something askew For all of the hearts I've broken I still don't I um...
0: Man, that was dude, a, no, an emotional coaster dude. That was really cool. That great, dude. There was a little bit of Bowie in it because it was a little bit weird and spacey at Some time. of those, yeah. Sort of early Faye some of those Bowie. changes. Some of those mods in there. And I heard the Orbison. You know, I heard
1: yeah. the Orbison. Yeah, there too. was definitely, like, you were clearly listening to Orbison or, like, Lee Hazelwood or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I also was listening to a lot of girl groups like Shangri-Las and uh, Crystals, Ronettes. Like, I still think that's some of the best music ever made, so... Yeah. So if, so if Phil Spector
0: asked you to make a record with him, given his history, you would do
1: it? Oh, yeah. Uh, completely. Completely. 100 at the risk of your own life? At the risk of my own life, 100%. I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> my life isn't worth as much as Phil Spector's masterpieces. So. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, let's get real talk. Real talk
0: on Square Zeros. I like it. And one more time, what was the uh, age, uh, year range there? Uh, 17. 17? Yeah. High school stuff. That was really cool. I think like production-wise, uh, that was one of the more interesting tracks we've L- had on Square Zeros here with the voices in the background and yeah. the guitar. It had like almost an Elliott Smith kind of quality in terms of production. Right. The doubled vocals at first, but then shit got really weird. I like that.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I... Let, me,
0: let me ask you, too. So you said you played that at a, a relatively punk venue with your blues rock band. How'd that go over?
1: Oh, this song? Well, I think it went over pretty well. I mean, I think people are are happy to see when people try and write actual songs so that's good I, I I think a lot of people are like going for a sound and not paying enough attention to songwriting so like when when people try I mean I tried I hope hopefully that came over well so yeah I think, I think it was good
0: no, that's cool when you say yeah. when you say sound versus actual songwriting yeah. can you can you maybe make that a little more
1: explicit for us I have an idea uh, well, of what I
0: think you mean, but I would like to know what you think you mean.
2: <laughs> well,
1: well, I just think like um people get too obsessed over trying to, you know, like you know, bury stuff in reverb and cool effects and um you know, go for like some kind of like lo-fi sound and everything and it, it sounds cool at first, but it's very like disposable like what well, you really want to try to do is write something memorable and, you know, write something where you can play it acoustically and it still sounds like a real song. How do you differentiate between something that
0: you think is well composed versus something that is, like, busily composed?
1: Ah, well, I mean, sometimes it just comes down to, like, hooks, like, just vocal confidence like a lot of bands don't feel confident enough in their vocals so they'll bury them in a reverb uh and, and also bands might feel like they're too cool or too punk to like put hooks in their songs which is a very self-defeating thing but like that's also coming from my point of view like maybe they they have a different view of music but like i just think um you know like if you pay attention to melody and and realize that rock and roll from its inception has been a vocal centric music, like from Chuck Berry to Elvis, like all the way, like through like the Stones, fucking all that shit. And um, yeah, just pay attention to what, what you're singing, basically. Yeah. Um, what do you got next? Where did where did you go from there? well this is like a really random transition but this is like our um punk band called red pop this is uh all the members of the enthusiasts plus john from the genies uh played guitar on it and this is when we were in high school we were really into jay retard and all his projects he had a project called lost sounds that we were really into that was like a horror synth punk band and this is basically our uh are well I wouldn't say recreation but our worship of <laughs> of Jay Retard and it's it was red pop. I, I played synth and I screamed and sang. yeah
0: well let me let me ask one question before we get into it because you say it's a random change, but I feel like you're too methodical a guy in your songwriting to have a truly random change. If this has this, some elements of the composition you've been talking about that kind of carries through all of your music, what are those elements?
1: Um, well, I guess it's, I'm still paying attention to vocals and I'm still, that's basically it is basically like, I'm always paying attention to vocal melodies and, um, I don't consider myself like punk at all. And this was like a punk quote unquote punk project, but really it was just, it was the same stuff. It's just, it's all pop music. It's all verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's all. You know, trying to find a good verse and a good chorus to match up with. That was a grenade explosion. Yeah, well, I guess there was like a bomb sound on my synth, so we thought that would be that would be the most epic way to end the song. Yeah.
0: So, so do you think that that song was a bomb? You I think thought it that was great. No,
1: I thought that was sweet. That would that would totally fly now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was alright. You know, I, I, the the coolest part about Red Pop was the fact that um there was this like high school um guitar club thing that we, we, I would never be a part of that thing, but. Um there was uh like there was like, you know, a bunch of bands playing the guitar club show, the big auditorium show, and everyone expected the enthusiast to play because like we were the guitar Because you were a way gnarlier guitarist than anyone in the guitar club. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't say that, but yeah, maybe I would.
0: <laughs> but um <laughs>
1: But uh yeah, and so everyone was expecting like, you know, the the bluesy enthusiast shit. And we come out with Red Pop, which is like synth punk, like crazy lyrics about like bullets in a bloody vest and like all this stuff. And um, they pulled the curtain on us halfway through our last song. They thought, I I don't know if they thought the song was done or they just hated us that much. But yeah, so it was an auditorium full of like kids and parents and everything. And. We, we were like, fuck this guitar club shit. We're going to play some synth, synth punk. There you go. <laughs> yeah. so, so when, you, when like... you
0: come out to hear the genies and you're like, these guys lost their edge. They're too power pop. They used to be gnarly. You're like, no, they paid their punk dues. <laughs> yeah. they, got, they got the curtain pulled on them at a high school
1: band show. You know? yeah. <laughs>
0: That's right. Want to play some Enthusiasts? Yeah, let's do it. What... I was going to say, you first, sound, you sound like us... you're ready to get right past Red Pop. No, man. I fucking dug. I, I thought Red Pop was no, ill, man. No, 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 and no, no, and no, frankly, no. I'm. we had a conversation on the way way over no, here about no. how, how unhardcore he is. No, how, not un, you, un- not Derek. I think Joey's right. Oh, Joey's right. I think, I, think, I think you just gave him an out that he wanted. And I think, I think, this, I mean, was, you know, I think knowing you, this. I think this is, you're going to like this as much as anything that we hear yeah, out it's of true. anyone. I, I know. I'm, I've heard the Enthusiast before, guys. Actually, um, you know, we, 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 we first met Joey when he was in the Enthusiast and right. I wonder if we could backpedal for a second and maybe just get a little bit of the enthusiasts story
1: all right well um basically started it's actually a great story because uh my friend dylan uh, back in 10th grade i guess uh he heard some of the solo recordings i was doing and he came up to me and uh like we were you know just starting out being friends uh and he said you know i heard your recordings and I play drums, like, I don't have a drum set, but I play at my cousin's house, and we should totally jam, and I was like, yeah, let's jam, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get a drum set soon, like, we'll jam, like, I've been playing at my cousin's house for a while, like, I'm pretty good, and I was like, yeah, hell yeah, so then a few weeks later, he's like, yeah, I have my drum set, let's jam, so I was like, yeah, I might go over to his house, and we play, and, you know, he's pretty basic and everything, and then I find out, (laughs) eventually I find out he, he was lying to me, the whole time and he he didn't actually know how to play the drums and he heard my solo stuff and said i'm gonna start playing drums now because i want to be in this band and yeah yeah so it, it was really cool like so we we started based on <laughs> dylan pretending <laughs> to know cry, how to right? play he <laughs> pretended to know how to play drums bought a drum set practiced for a couple of weeks to fake it and then we started a band and that's been the and now really yeah and I mean,
0: became and became a like oh blues good. rock yeah band, dude yeah because yeah. i was gonna say when go we, dylan dude that's yeah. pretty cool i was gonna yeah, say when we beca- awesome. i was gonna say because when we became aware of you guys too like my my big thing was i was like these guys are younger than us they're way too good to be this young and it, it was funny because i, I was i was kind of retelling the story earlier to our to our listeners at home who were not here but uh like i remember accidentally blowing up the enthusiast spot at a venue where we basically played with them and i was talking to the bartender who was also the booker who had put them on and i was like these guys are astonishingly good and he was like yeah man they're really good and i was like it is staggering that these guys are 18 and he was Uh like they're what (laughs) and i was like oh shit (laughs) <laughs> then, like when and grabbed Joey and was like I'm really sorry man I just blew up your spot with this like, fucking booker and he was like "And he was like, we can paper over it man don't worry about yeah. it like we'll figure it out like you were super cool
1: about it yeah yeah like we had uh, Delaware IDs for like the longest time cause we were we, well, I mean cause like there's nowhere to play in Westchester like it sucked, so we always wanted to play in the city, but we were too young. We were in high school. So we got Delaware IDs, and it, Don Pedro we always used to play, and Jake Noodles, the old booker there, would always think we were actually from Delaware, and he would always <laughs> be, like, so grateful. He's, like... Oh, wow you guys like come out all the way from delaware to play here like that's so cool you guys were just like yeah you know there's just like a tunnel that goes straight from delaware <laughs> to new york yeah, yeah, yeah. it's no big deal it goes straight from delaware and 18 to 21
0: this is this <laughs> yeah. <tunnel that> goes- <laughs> yeah it's a, it's
1: a time space <laughs> tunnel yeah
0: you know that's funny that's like the at least the third time probably the fourth or fifth time that uh jake noodles has been called out invoked on oh, invoked his spirit mad. has been summoned uh from portland, on square zeros back to Brooklyn. from portland jake man we got to get you back here to like guest interview or something like dude, that at uh, this point dude, what do you think his early bands were like because you know he um, had like i could Amityville not house here like, uh,
1: that's right which was the was, like wild yeah. jake dude get out of! Really imagine dude, yeah dude. that was a, that band was just a vehicle for him to show off his dick
0: you get naked? yeah, man. You get naked, dude. I mean, he's, he's, he's,
1: he's back so I can't, yeah. I can't fault no, I know, him, I know, I know. but
0: it's funny. We, Sorry, uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep my sources hidden, but uh, there's, there's a band that I propositioned to see if, uh, they would play, they, they would come and you know, like, you know, hang out with us for square zeros. And the guy was like, Oh dude, my early shit's too embarrassing. And my response is, I was like, I've seen your dick twice on stage. <laughs> I was like, I've seen you get naked on stage twice and you're gonna say you're too embarrassed by your early music like 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 taking it out on stage indicates to me that you don't give a yeah. shit like how are you gonna and i was like i guess he's just proud of his dick he's but proud, not proud yeah. of his early popcorn shit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was like res, respect man respect you know like jake's jake's i hope jake's proud of both and i hope we can get him on sometime yes well well before we get too far af- afield
1: here uh let's let's run enthusiasts okay. uh what are we listening to joey uh this is called Shattered Conceptions. I played it because well, I'm not afraid to be embarrassed by old music and and uh this has some embarrassing baby noises in it and um <laughs> like I really like the song and I'm really proud of the song, but there's like a, it's like our psychedelic song on the album, so I thought it'd be really cool to put like a bunch of baby noises and you'll hear them and it's Got really, a little weird it's really it. creepy and off-putting, but yeah, that's that's why I picked it.
0: baby noises. Those baby noises were, were kind of out of nowhere, but they weren't that bad. Oh, they were pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like, if you like, said I so. fucking just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm
1: a real harsh critic on myself. Where did you get... Where did you sample the baby noises from? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I think I just... Just found them somewhere. I just crept on you some. You guys just crept, crept on some babies. But just, just shoved stuck, a mic in a stroller. Stuck, stuck a
0: mic <laughs> into a stroller in the middle of the park.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm always on search for the for the newest baby noises.
0: <laughs> Joey's like, I work in an infant psychology lab. I didn't mention that yet. It didn't. It didn't seem. It didn't seem relevant until right now. <laughs> Sweet man. Well, that, that's a pretty cool trajectory. Let me. I'm curious. Did you have a overarching like an arching vision for where you want to go musically or are you experimenting
1: uh in each instance uh well yeah i'm i'm basically always just trying to push myself and um i in all the projects i guess the overarching thing is just to make the ultimate song like it's all about just trying to make like a great song like no matter what and um the song song is king and uh that's how it's been for all the projects that's that's basically it
0: that's cool man let me ask you a question then because i know a lot of bands the way that they start with their sort of process is okay we're working on a record you know like we need some slow numbers we need some faster numbers we need some rockers we need some you know romantic ones but if you're ultimately looking for the song do you find that you just sort of cap it off at the end of a record when you're like, oh, we've got 30 minutes, you know, like like how do you conceive of, of a broader record in that sense?
1: Um, well, I guess it's it's just once you hit a certain once you hit your style, like with, with Genies, it's uh, it's taken uh, really, really long to figure it out with what we want to do, because. Well, if, let's hold on a second. Let's let's okay. let's let's dial back. Very very long. Extremely how long you been, long. How
0: long you been playing with the genies?
1: Well, like over a year. Okay, but I, I I'm saying it's long just because. I don't know. It's just like uh, we keep we we have all these we have so many songs, but we just keep um, scrapping them and adding new ones because like we're really trying to go for this vision of like a forgotten power pop album from the from the late 70s that that kind of vibe and like the songs are finally clicking into that into that vein so like at first like there it's really hard like at first like when you're trying to do that like you don't want to sound too pop punk you don't want to sound like too garage poppy like Bouncy and shit like that. So like it's very much like a distinct style like and Like um, I'm always trying to write songs just based on instinct So like when I'm doing that like I always have to cut shit because like if I'm writing on instinct based on something specific It's like really hard. So but yeah, and then greasy hearts is like a total rock and roll thing and that's so like I'm always trying to be like more more like aggressive with that kind of shit, but yeah, so I don't even know what the question was by this point. No, I think no, 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 no. I I, I think oh, yeah. you describe it really well.
0: Yeah, I th- I think you describe the process of distilling a band down to the most important parts and the most like coherent parts really well. Because a lot of bands fall victim to that, right? They sound like a band designed by committee. You know, it might have like three sets of great songs, but they sound like three different bands. So I fall victim to that myself too. It's just like writing and writing and writing and overwriting and then being like bullshit. And, like, then, and then the album i'm still just, not happy with this or the album just becomes a document of what you've produced rather than like a coherent thing yeah and that's kind of what i was questioning is like do you do you find yourself getting there or at the end of it in theory do you get to a series of these sort of like attempts at perfect pop songs that you want and thus the album's coherent by virtue of that yeah goal? yeah
1: that that's pretty much it it's like the more you do the more it gets realized and like along the way then it just becomes something um bigger than than you kind of set out for it to be like some of its parts like greasy hearts like we had no idea really what we were at first like we tried a bunch of different shit and now we're like really really honing the sound down to like this really nice like driving two minute aggressive rock and roll thing great live band Great live! Oh, th- you saw us one of our real sloppy shows, but <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Uh, thank uh, aside from manically sharpening uh, each
0: band's sounds, yeah. what are Genie's and Greasy Hearts up to now in terms of shows and records and
1: all that? Um, yeah, uh, Greasy Hearts are just finishing up our second EP, which is way better than our first one. Um, the first one I produced, and it's got like a crazy weird recording quality. And this one, Seth is producing from Ghostload Sound and from King Pizza, and it sounds, like, incredible, and he's an awesome producer. And um, that that EP is one of the proudest things that I've worked on. And um,
0: Genies are yeah. also recording at Ghostload, Ye- right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Genies are also recording at Ghostload, and we are almost done with an album. And we have, so, the, yeah, Greasy Heart's next show is the 17th. Genies have shows the 18th and 19th. Um, then there's a bunch of shows in August, and yeah, we just keep keep playing shows, keep recording. Hopefully, the releases will will get some notice and everything. So yeah, that's it.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, do you want to take us out on a song from one of your two bands?
1: Oh yeah, uh, this is uh, "Lost Dog" by the Greasy Hearts. This is um, "Lost Dog." That's it.
0: I don't know. Rock and roll. Thanks, Joey. Joey Farber, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Take care, guys. Square Zeros. Square Zeros. Yeah.